talking about video games. Yeah! Welcome back, everybody. This is the Donkey Kong Artist Podcast. We have taken a bit of a hiatus, but we are back in full force. Huzzah! Joining me, as always, is my best friend and co-host, Edmund Arnold. Edmund, how you doing? Huzzah! I wanted to do one, too. I'm doing well. Thank you. It's thank a, you, thank you, thank you. It's the right sound effect because of Justice League, I feel like. It, it, it's a good sound effect. I think I feel like I'm, you know, a little bit of Ezra Miller right now. Huzzah! You should Huzzah! be Ezra Miller, the, the best part of Justice League, if anyone hasn't seen it. We'll get into it later, but... Ezra Miller is the shining star of Justice League. Is he? That's good. That's good to hear. In my the humble Flash opinion. Is, the Flash is the shining star of the DC Universe, yeah. so it makes sense. Flash and Spider-Man, dude, those are Marvel and DC, the top. I can get behind that. Yeah, I can get behind that. Those are the shining stars of both respective companies, so yeah. Coming out of the gate with hot, hot takes today. Hot takes. Hot takes. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, I'm glad you made a little phaser sound, because what I really want to get into, and what pretty much everyone in the video game world is talking about, is Star Wars Battlefront 2, and maybe not for the reasons that we all want to be talking about this game. Yeah, yeah, EA being EA. I mean, okay, so let's say you're living under a rock and you're first getting this information from us. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, a game that has been on everybody's radar for quite a while, uh, was released on Friday. Uh, before it was released, there was a bit of a controversy going back to when the beta was released about loot boxes, everyone's favorite thing in the whole wide world, uh, and the amount of money or time you would have to sink in just to get playable characters like Darth Vader or like Yoda, you know, people you would expect in a Star Wars game. Uh, there was a bit of pushback, and that is an understatement of the highest order from people in the gaming community, and people saying basically what you just said, EA being EA, and we're just seeing more and more loot boxes, as we've been saying for weeks now on this podcast. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, it's been a colossal failure on EA's part. I mean, they're trying to re remedy it as much as they can. But, I mean, I think they went on... Um, which, I don't know why these companies do this. They go on Reddit and they do that Q&A thing. Oh, it's just God. like the dumbest thing for me ever. If you're going to make a product, like, why are you opening it up for consumers to question you? Like, just put it out. Like, this is, I don't get it. Um, and I and I'm coming from like <laughs> attack companies, bring companies down. But I just don't understand why you're gonna open it up for people to just come and ask questions or whatever. So they do this Reddit thing, and I guess they like come out and they say something. They make a comment on their loot boxes. I don't know exactly what the comment is, and then it's like the most downvoted Reddit comment of all time. Yeah, it's the number it was, one downvoted Reddit comment of all time. Uh, Six hundred eighty thousand. I can read. Like I can read it downvotes. if you would like to hear it. This is. So, I mean, okay, so here's the thing. Somebody posted a, uh, a question. I, I paid $80 to have Vader locked is how upset this person from Canada was. They spent $80 of their hard-earned money. All they wanted to do was play as Darth Vader in a game. Uh, EA responded. It's weird. Like, kudos to them, I guess, on all of this for being open and responding to things, but also, you know. Sure. Uh, you'd almost be better off if you didn't. Here's here's the response, which is currently sitting at negative 675,000 downvotes. <clears throat> the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. All right. As for cost, we selected initial values based upon data from the open beta and other adjustments made to milestone rewards before launch. Okay, even right there... I remember when the open beta came out and people were pissed about Star Furious. Furious, yeah. Pissed. So, like, what are you talking about right out of the gate? Like, this is complete PR nonsense. They go on to say, Among other things, we're looking at average per-player credit earn rates on a daily basis, and we'll be making constant adjustments to ensure that players have challenges that are compelling, rewarding, and, of course, attainable via gameplay. Also, complete nonsense. Somebody on Reddit went through and actually did the time, they, they did the math to figure out how long it would take. If you played this game two hours a day, every day, it would take you something like six months <laughs> to be able to afford some of the characters in this game. With Not the model characters. I think it's still afford everything. Well, that includes characters. Before, the characters were priced so high that it would take up to, like, 40 hours to unlock. And that's just to unlock the character. You also have to, like, unlock... You have to pay for upgrades to upgrade that character to play better in-game. So it's not just unlocking, because I thought it was just like unlocking the character and you have that character. Not only do you have to unlock that character, you also have to pay credits in order to upgrade that character to be better in to be better during a multiplayer match. So that to me is insanity. Insanity. 
And if you haven't played Battlefront 2, they have a star card system where you have to purchase cards in order to you get three cards assigned to each character. And once you assign those cards, they give you different upgrades like um, faster uh, blaster cooldown or grenades don't affect you as much. So you get these different things um, assigned to your character, but everything is through this credit system. So I could go in and I could just pay $200 and I could get all these credits and I could just be sitting there unlocking loot boxes, unlocking loot boxes, unlocking loot boxes to the point where you're paying to win. And Imagine, that's where the frustrations come yeah, because uh, look at the pride and accomplishment of spending <laughs> spending your money. What what an accomplishment to be able to buy that. Well, yeah, and I think it was either two thousand dollars, in order to unlock everything. I think it was close to two thousand dollars, or up to I think six months of gameplay, like you were saying, to unlock all everything it is in order to be like a max level type player. That in and of itself is complete and utter madness. Like, but that's a problem. Oh, that's a humongous problem. Like, that's I get it. I get it from a business standpoint. Even though it's it's gross. Like, clearly, if you can make that much money out of people, like, why would you not want to do that as a business? But it still sucks, and it cheapens the game. And what's worse, and my biggest problem with all of these microtransaction crap, is that none of it's fun. It's not even a game at that point. You're just right. buying a hat, a right, really right. really expensive hat. Well, I and. This is my problem. There's no cosmetics in this game. There's, um, I think a few, you get to pick a victory stance if you win. You get to pick, like, emotes. And I understand that Star Wars, you can't really have a lot of, because people freaked out when they gave you the ability to take the masks off of Stormtroopers in the first game. So they had to go back and edit it so that you couldn't take helmets off of Stormtroopers. But just, like, if you're going to do loot boxes, add cosmetics to your game have like a cool stormtrooper and it's your game right so you can right. do whatever you want with the lore so add a cool stormtrooper captain phasma type armor that you need to unlock and if you want to pay, for it, them you out, pay dog. for it don't assign it to these things that will make your your gameplay better or will make you a better player in a multiplayer match because that's where people get mad because that pay to win stigma is like the worst stigma to have in video games ever and that's across the board that's like cell phone games that's PC games. Like people, since day one, they've always been against pay to win. And at EH is constantly, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? What's weird about it is twofold, I guess. A, why would anyone be surprised by this? Because as you say, this is EA. The writing's on the wall. They've been doing this forever. It's always this type of stuff. It was voted the worst company in America a couple years ago. I think it, I think it won it three years in a row. Won it? <laughs> Maybe not the right terminology. But so A, so there's that. Why are you surprised by EA doing this? And then B, uh, why in the world, if you knew all this stuff from the beta, would you buy a game that you knew this was going to be happening for? Uh, and that's and I think that's why EA is rectifying a lot of these mistakes. It's because people are saying, I'm not buying this game. And right. I, I'm the biggest anti-EA person ever. Um... I don't like what they did with football, the NFL football. I don't. I, I'm one of those people that have been against EA since that day, since they basically monopolized that. So I'm very anti EA, but we have to give them kudos for at least trying to. So like they um, eliminated microtransactions after the uproar. So I, I guess I hear they're they've locked themselves in a room and they're trying hard to try to figure out what they can what have updates they can add to the game to basically make it a smoother process for everybody involved. For so they're trying. They did reduce the prices of um, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker to the point where I was able I played I bought this game on what is it Tuesday I I did pay the $80 um did they for judge the you at the game edition. shop where they're like shit I bought it um, digitally, and I don't care. I like Star Wars. <laughs> I'm going to pay the money for it. I don't care. It's your money. Give, do it. I'm going to give money to this company. I've Star Wars. I was raised on Star Wars. I do not care. Whatever. Judge me if you want. You can tweet me all you want, but whatever. Um, I paid the eighty dollars for it. So yeah, I, I was able to play Tuesday, and by the time they lowered these prices, I I, I could purchase Darth Vader. I could purchase Princess Leia. I probably could have each of the heroes right now if I wanted to. But I've been going another route with unlocking as many troop cards as I can. So, so but they have they've done they've done little things in order to make it a better experience for people because people are telling them I'm not buying your bullshit game. I'm not doing this. 
I guess we should applaud them for that, right? Like you said, like they were open uh, in the eff- in the effort of fairness. Here's because uh, they announced it on Twitter a couple days ago. Uh, okay. As we approach the worldwide launch, it's clear that many of you feel that there are ch- still challenges in the design. We've heard the concerns about potentially giving players unfair advantages, and we've heard that this is overshadowing an otherwise great game. And great game might be a little strong. Uh, it's, this a, was, it's a fun game. It's, it's a, a fun. fun it's game. not a great game. It's it's a decent game. It's a decent game, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they did pull it back. We hear you loud and clear, so we're turning off all in-game purchases. We will now spend more time listening, adjusting, balancing, and tuning. However, they said all this, but they also plan to re-implement them a little bit farther down the line. We'll see in what capacity that is, but, I mean, they aren't completely getting rid of these, just so that's clear, too. I mean, kudos to them for addressing an issue and, you know, really not being cowards about it. They stood up, and they took their licks, and they responded. Yeah, because what would most companies do? Look at all this stuff that No Man's Sky did. And I'm not, I hate to bring up No Man's Sky again, but like No Man's Sky got all that heat from people. They basically went, went underground for, what, a year, year and a half, and right. no one heard anything from them. So at least EA's coming out ahead of themselves. Like, look, we made a mistake. We know we know we made you guys mad. Um, well, they didn't say we made a mistake, but they say we know we made some decisions that you guys do not agree with, so we're going to do our best in order to try to make changes that you guys may agree with us about. But look, it's still a company. We still need to make money, and we still have shareholders. And they have to appease the shareholders. I mean, they have to. This is it's EA. It's a big company. It's not like these small developers right. where they don't need to appease to the stockholders. And people need to take a step back and realize that. And I don't think people are thinking about that either. I think people are being unfair both ways. I think there's a lot of people who don't really understand that it is a massive company and that its goal is to make money and, like, You'd be singing a much different tune if you were on the payroll of these places. And not everybody who works at EA is like some rich fat cat. They employ hundreds and hundreds of people, you know, and these people right. need paychecks. At the right. same time, these types of practices and loot boxes are obviously just trying to wring more dough out of a small percentage of people, much like gambling does. And we've talked about that, and lots of people have talked about that. What is surprising to me, not surprising, What is disappointing to me as somebody who likes video games is that this is not going away, and this was a model that was brought up by much smaller, stupider, fringe games made for children that we all used to laugh at, like apps and mobile games, but they're influencing the way that actual big market games and Star Wars IP is now being affected by this. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. And and I feel bad. Um, We talked a little bit before the podcast. I feel bad to the actors involved with this game. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just, it's this game is getting a lot of bad flack. Star Wars is getting a lot of bad flack right. because of what EA has done. Um, and it, I don't know. We have to fi- don't think that it's going to get any better. Um, EA's company shares, according to CNBC, they declined two point five percent on Friday. Merrill Lynch predicted that Star Wars title sales are likely to disappoint investors and come under the company's target because of the gamer outrage. So don't think that. <laughs> because they're doing all this, everything's going to be rectified. Because, right. like we always talk about on this podcast, money talks. Vote so, with but it's your just, wallet. It's still sad to see everyone, the developers, the actors, the everyone involved, the designers, everyone involved with this game. It, 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 it's, it's just sad to see them get such a negative rap. Yeah, because it's not your fault. You know, our, our guest this week is Janita Gavincar, who plays Ida Versio, the, the essentially the protagonist of the game. Um, and she, I, I, I really feel for her. I really do. She is, she's been in things. She's been in True Blood. She's a, you know, she's beautiful and she's a good actress and she's had a couple roles. But this was like a big role and she's a Star Wars fan. She's genuinely a Star Wars fan. I, I believe her wholeheartedly when she says it. She is nerding out about this and was stoked. Well, you have to be a Star Wars fan if you're willing to attend the E3 conference and have it built, be basically built around your character. Right. So yeah, I do feel bad for her, and she and let's talk, let's talk about the positives for this game real quick. Yeah, the voice acting in this game is excellent. She brings a, everyone involved. I don't know the actors involved, but they bring excellent voice dynamics. Um, the facial animations are phenomenal. It, it feels like it feels like a Star Wars property, if that makes sense. It's a little it's a little fan fictiony. There's that scene where Yoda and Luke make out with each other, which is like it's tasteful. It's tastefully done. Like I'm glad they're taking a step in the right direction, right. but it's you know it's a little fan fictiony, it's a little bit abrupt. I mean, I, it feels like it was put together really quickly, 
and I would have liked to, for it to focus more on these new characters rather than trying to jump us across the galaxy to check in on Luke. On this episode, we're going to see what Luke is doing. On this episode, we're going to see what Han Solo's been doing. It would have been nice to get that information through, I don't know, like NPC conversations, codexes, things like that, and really focus behind this new cast of characters. Um, because they were such a delight. They're such, such, just a great, 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 great cast. I can't get over it. Simply delightful. Um, the game is beautiful. It's a beautiful game, just like Battlefront 1. It's mm -hmm. one of the most beautiful games to be put out. And it, it feels like you're in a Star Wars world. And it's fun. I'm having a lot of fun playing it. But all this baggage behind it is bringing it down. So it's it's hard. To, but if you want a fun Star Wars game that you don't mind having a bunch of controversy behind it, go ahead and pick it up. And if you're a Star Wars fan like me. So I'm, I, I gauge it like this. If you're willing to defend Jar Jar Binks, you probably will like this game. I will defend Jar Jar Binks until I die, and I really, really, really like this game. Wait, so, uh, I'm sorry, you defend Jar Jar Binks? Is that what you just said? I, I defend Jar Jar Binks to the very end, uh, to my death. Can I hear your Jar Jar Binks defense? He was a misattempt at bringing comedic relief that uh, the Star Wars universe desperately needed. <laughs> I hate because this is something that would be so easy to argue, but I've actually also... I never hated Jar Jar Binks, and as someone who was like 10 when that movie was released, I loved Jar Jar Binks as a yeah. child. Yeah, and that's where I come from. I'm, I was a kid when that Star Wars, maybe if I was an adult, I would have been like, oh my god, why are they doing this? Because that's how I feel towards those, um, I don't even remember their names, because they're so stupid. Those little penguin things that you go porks. crazy about on Twitter. Oh, I yeah, love porks. porks. I hate porks. So I probably would feel the same way about Jar Jar Binks if I was an adult watching the the original trilogy, not well, the original trilogy. It's but. like the Ewok problem for everybody who's like 50 now. They hated Ewoks because they were a little bit too old when the Ewoks were introduced. And they're like, what is this? Yeah, well, I, I do also hear about people hating Ewoks. And I'm like, I love the Ewoks. I was a kid, though. Yeah. I grew up to Star Wars. So Jar Jar Binks, Ewoks, they, did not, they, they pose no threat to me. I love them. Perhaps the hottest take of all hot takes is that we defend Jar Jar Binks. Fight us in real life. Yeah, come fight me. I'll, I'll, show, I'll send you my address. You want to fight me over Jar Jar Binks? I'll, I'll defend Jar Jar Binks to the death. You can stab me over Jar Jar Binks. You're a brave, brave man. I love it. Joining me now is Janina Gavinkar, star of Star Wars Battlefront 2. Oh, so thank you, first off, for getting on the phone with me. I'm here for that. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, all right, let's get started, I guess. Uh, first off, how exciting is it to join the Star Wars universe? <laughs> I'm literally watching a stormtrooper mug right now um, that I've had from before I was a part of this project. So as you can as you can imagine, I am thrilled. <laughs> You've got nerd cred. You had the uh, the merchandise before you even got the role. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! I had. I mean, I have so many things. Uh, I have uh, the um, 3,000 piece. I think it's 3,000 piece um, uh, Death Star, like the the discontinued Lego Death Star set that I yes. got on eBay. Um, I mean, I had you know, I'm like like everyone else that Star Wars has permeated my life in some way. Uh, so we know that you're a Star Wars fan. So you also were you a video game fan before you came aboard this? Or are you a big video game uh, player? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm a hardcore gamer. Um, I didn't grow up playing video games. I was I had a really strict upbringing, so I kind of missed out. Uh, but I started playing games in 2007, which this happened to have been like the dawn of the AAA game. I played in one year. I played the first Bioshock, Portal, Half-Life 2, Assassin's Creed, Zelda: Twilight Princess. Um, what else came out that year? Uh, Resident Evil 4. Oh yeah. It was like. It was like, how did this world exist? And I didn't know. <laughs> it, was, it was like this. It was, I don't. I don't even know how to explain it. It was just like feeling like I had. I was had been blind. The most wonderful thing, just made for me. It felt like you know. By that point, they were interactive movies. So I missed um, all of the years of what it took to make games become interactive movies. You came in at a good time, though. Uh, I like that you said interactive movies, particularly... I mean, it was the perfect it, time. 
Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Uh, what's cool is that for actors now, they really are, it's not just interactive player uh, movies for the players, but also for the actors. You guys are really, um, the technology has come so far that you're really performing um, these roles. So, so what was it like to, to do this project? Were you, were you interacting with the other actors in a mocap suit? What was, what was the project like, or the filming of it? Absolutely. This is a full motion capture um, performance. A full, a full performance capture performance, I should say. Um, and there's a ton of uh, in-game voiceover as well. But um, when we were given the script, it was it covered all of the cinematic, uh, which moved seamlessly into gameplay. So um, we were cast. Uh, you know, I immediately had access to the writers and to Mark Thompson, who's the creative director of the narrative. Mm -hmm. Uh, and um, I had just started working the same exact way that I would on camera. It really is just an on-camera acting gig. You have a thousand cameras around you. You just happen to have dots on your face that are catching all of your emotions. And if you see, have you watched the trailer? Did you I, get access to the trailer? It yeah, came out yesterday. Yeah, I did, absolutely. It's you. It's you in the trailer. <laughs> It does, yeah, it's amazing. It looks, I'm excited as for this as I am for The Last Jedi. Just... Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote you on saying that. Nice, I love it. <laughs> um, I, um, I just got off the phone with Tom Keegan right before uh, you called, and he's the cinematic director. Mm. And he, uh, he expects a lot from his, his actors emotionally. Uh, he comes, he's a, he's a, comes from the theater and he is a movement performer, he's a dancer, so uh, he is, he expects a lot from his cast. Um, and so, you know, I really wanted to add a certain kind of stillness to Aiden. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, there's a certain level of calm that comes from people in leadership um, positions in the military, uh, calm and, and um, and focus to be able to make decisions that are life or death. My grandfather was a general. My brother-in-law is a former Marine. I know that breed quite well. And uh, so I wanted to add that to this performance, which is nerve-wracking, of course, because you just you don't know if the technology is going to be able to catch it all. Right. But um, I was just talking to him and sort of celebrating that some of the first impressions already are talking about the subtlety of the performances and, um, you know, how it's lending itself to, to feel so much like a movie. Right. Well, it's a testament to the technology and to your performance as well, that it is capturing those small, minute, uh, intimate moments, I guess, is, is the good word for them, which is, which is great for games. Yeah. Because... And as we... As... Oh, absolutely. As we go forward, it's only going to get better. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about Aiden herself, because what's cool about this game particularly is that we have a chance to actually step into the Empire, which we haven't really done in a lot of other Star Wars types of projects. So what was it like to kind of play the bad guy? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what you call her. It's not what you call herself. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's a book. Do you know about this? It's a book that is the backstory to uh, this, to the game, and it's sort of like the dawn of Inferno Squad. It's by Christy Golden, who wrote Dark Disciple. Um, and again, like this, she was in constant conversation. It was so surprising how collaborative this entire process has been. Um, like one example of like how collaborative it's been. I did not answer your question, but I'm gonna come back to it. I promise. <laughs> Uh, like an example of how collaborative it's been was like um, there was a there was there is a scene in this game that is the crux of um, of the story and of mm -hmm. the relationships within it. I'm trying to say things without giving things away. <laughs> it's hard. And yeah. uh, we worked very hard on make on those relationships, and so we got to the scene and we learned it and we blocked it, and after a while. We just we decided to improvise it. So we dropped pages. We improvised all of the the we, we improvised the entire scene to really get to, to the subtext and, and hero words really trying to say. And then Mitch Dyer, who's one of the writers, decided that he liked it more. And all this, you know, by the way, side note, we have we have had a Lucasfilm story group member with us every day that we've shot. 
So every single thing that is in this game has been signed off on by, you know, at least one of the only 12 story group members on this planet. Um, so we rewrote the entire scene based on our improvisation, and that is what's in the game. That's amazing. In a way, like, you're, you're writing a Star Wars, basically. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry to like high pitch squeal. No, I love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it makes, it makes uh, it, it's crazy to, to think about too hard. Um, so, so, that way, what was your question? You asked me about. Well, I, I had spoken, uh, I think, originally uh, about the playing a, playing a role as an empire. Uh, you're part of the empire. So, what is traditionally oh, yes, the yes, antagonists, yes. and now yes. we're, we're kind of so, giving yeah. them to humanity, right. I guess. Um, so, you know, for Iden, for, to, when you play somebody, you're thinking about their ideals and their backstory and where they come from and, and like, and what their spine is made of. Mm -hmm. And Iden is a literal poster child for the Empire. Father is an admiral. Mother was a propaganda artist. So she made some of those beautiful Empire posters that maybe you've seen before. Mm -hmm. And she painted her daughter, Iden, into them. She's a literal poster child. That is part of her spinal column, you know. So in her DNA. So that when you when you are one hundred percent that uh, as like a, a family ideal, and you grow up in that and you thrive in that system, mm -hmm. it's very easy to um, to know what your allegiance is, uh, and that is where that's how you start the story, you know. Without giving too much away, I mean, because that's such an interesting uh, spine, as you said, for a character, particularly given the moment that this game is set in, because it's set right after the end of Return of the Jedi when the Death Star explodes. So she's kind of thrown into a situation that she yeah. has not been before. Um, I don't know how you can answer these questions without I mean, giving too much away for the narrative. Yeah, but but this... Yeah, um, well, I mean, listen, in Inferno Squad, there's a job is to get in, clean up, and get out. Most people don't even know they exist. So, um, you know, she thinks she's going in to clean up a mess on Endor, uh, which is a routine mission. Um, and then suddenly, you know, about a million people on her side die. It's devastating. And they don't even have time to grieve. They just have to get off that planet. So... Um, you know, so they do what they do best. They focus and get out. Um, but the thing that's interesting, the, it's really, it covers a time period in Star Wars that hasn't really been delved into yet. We get to explore the notion of an empire without an emperor. I mean, that, even without Star Wars attached to it, is an interesting premise itself, but particularly so, what you said, this is something, there, there's a massive, a massive gap between, you know, The Force Awakens and Return of the Jedi, and now we get to see kind of what was going on during that. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned Endor, and... <laughs> That's exactly the word I would use. Um, you mentioned Endor, and we've seen in uh, some of the footage that's come out, and people who have gotten their hands on the beta, uh, we're seeing locales that are familiar to us. We've also seen some familiar faces. Uh, are people going to, are we mostly sticking to places that we've all seen and visited before? Are we going to see some new places that we've only heard mentioned in Star Wars? Oh, you're going to see new places. There, specifically one that I love the most is called Guardos. It's where Aiden is from. She grew up there. And it's an imperial home planet, as opposed to an imperial occupied planet, which we have seen before. This, Guardos, is like the, it's an example of how wonderful things would be if they were orderly and clean, the way the Empire would have things be had they ruled things the way they want to. I, you're putting a lot of empire propaganda out there, I feel like. <laughs> I say this as I'm sipping from a stormtrooper mug. So. <laughs> you're painting a very vivid picture here. It's, it's very telling. <laughs> 
uh, are we going to run into um, or have any interaction with? We saw in the last Battlefront game that we got to control and kind of see a lot of our favorite Star Wars heroes. Uh, so are those people going to be making appearances again in this game? And is there anybody that you can kind of hint at who we might see? Yes. Yeah, so at this point I can tell you about Luke, I can tell you about Leia, I can tell you about Maz. Um, I don't think I can tell you about anybody else. Gotcha. Well, that's a good crew Both right there. Both people are in the trailer, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, pretty safe. Has there been any talk, again, we don't want to give anything away, and we don't know what the end of the story is going to be, but is there any possibility that uh, Aiden will show up in future installments in the game series, or what about maybe in the movies, because the time period, she could still be alive? That's a great idea. I'm t I would pitch that. <laughs> we need to get you on screen. I guess, I guess this hasn't been a talk that you've had. I'm I'm pulling um, to see her in future yeah. installments if if things go well for her in this. <laughs> I would love to as well. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for hopping on the phone with me, and I'm really looking forward to the game. It looks amazing, and your performance, just from the little bits I've seen, looks so great. Uh, so. Thank you so much. I'm really excited as well. I mean, I'm like. And this is this is the culmination of all good things in the world. You know, Star Wars. It, it'd be one thing if I just got to be in a Star Wars story. The fact that I get to be the protagonist in a Star Wars story in a medium that I am obsessed with, it, I just can't believe uh, this has happened to me. I can't believe this is my life. <laughs> well, I'm happy for it. I'm, I'm excited to see it and to get my hands on it. So, again, thank you so much. There are positives to this game, obviously. Uh, all the ones that you brought up are good. Um, my thing is, look, with microtransactions, they're in a lot of games that I've played over the last month, two months. I don't spend money on games. Like, outside of buying the ticket price of what the game is, I'm not going to spend any money on it. That's just the type of person I am. I'm like that with a lot of things. Maybe it's because I grew up in Nevada and I was too close to gambling. I never liked gambling. That's true. Uh, maybe it has something to do with nothing about about that at all. It doesn't matter. Right. The point is, is that I can enjoy this game because I don't care about getting like characters and leveling up. I just kind of want to shoot lasers for two hours and then I shelf the game. So for people like me, it's fine. I know that there's a lot of people who are like me, different gamers like me, who this controversy doesn't even really touch. At the same time, it, like I can't act like I don't feel for the people who are hardcore gamers and yeah, absolutely. counting down and the days for this and feel like jilted by it. I get that. And I agree with you in a way that I don't have a gambling addiction. So maybe if it was something like I stay away from drugs because I have, I have addiction problems. Like if I like something, I'm going to use it. Yeah. I mean, I'm high right now, so maybe I shouldn't comment on that. <laughs> I'm always high on something. I'm high. <laughs> um, so. I get it. Like, if I had a gambling problem, if I if I got a thrill and it, it was just dangling right there in front of me, then yeah, it, it'd be an issue. But I don't have that problem, so I can't I can't really speak on it. But as someone who does purchase loot boxes for cosmetic reasons, mm -hmm. and I will defend this until I die, if the loot boxes are for alternative products in a game that doesn't affect the way gameplay at all, if it affects just the look of your avatar, then Include that. That's fine. Because if I'm spending money on that, who's going to care about it? Right. It's not going to make me better. It's just I want my character to look a specific way. Yeah. So what if I want to buy a hat? So what if, you know, you might be against that. You may never do that. But if I want to do that, give me the option. But don't attach it to things that are going to make me win easier. Exactly. Because that's Bush League. That's like tantamount to steroid use in baseball. Like the shenanigans. Yeah, you're, you're cheating. You're yeah. cheating because you're rich. Yeah. It's a good, good analogy. It's uh, steroids. I like yeah. that. I love baseball. I miss it so much. <laughs> I love steroids baseball. I don't like the new baseball. Oh, God. Steroids, okay, for anyone who wasn't alive and says they don't like baseball, you don't know how awesome steroid baseball was. It was See, like the greatest I, that, in the world. I'm the person that stood around that's like, I don't like baseball anymore because I grew up with steroids baseball. Right. And I have this conversation because I live with a bunch of people that just love baseball. And you love baseball. I and do. I'm just like, 
there is nothing better than like watching Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire go after those home run titles where they were hitting like 70 to 80 home runs a year. Like that, and these guys would just go, and the bat just looked like it was a toothpick in their hands. Yeah, because they were genetic superhuman mutants. Dude, it was it the was best. Dope, and everybody wanted. They all were. It was like WWE baseball. Dude, oh my god, yes, exactly. It was like uh, NFL Blitz, but with baseball yeah, in real life. It was so dope, and oh man, I miss it. And now it's just like a you can't flip bats. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Get out of here. Let's awesome. get, get steroids for everybody. Like, uh, at least make another league, like a X, um, XLB. Where you're doing like you have to be on steroids. (laughs) Everyone would watch that. Don't even act like that wouldn't be the most popular thing in the world. I would want. I would be at every game. Shoot, I'd buy a team. Uh, I'd save all my money now. If we could get back to not that this isn't incredibly fascinating and riveting for me. Uh, If we could get back to uh, loot crates or in-game purchases, Mm -hmm. uh, just really quick, I want to play this because I thought it was it was just too good for the current environment that we're in. Uh, Jack Black was on The Tonight Show last night. Um, actually, sorry, this was a couple years ago Jack Black was on The Tonight Show. Uh, but this came up recently, it just resurfaced. This is Jack Black talking about his 8-year-old son uh, playing a mobile game with in-app purchases. So I'm just going to play, it's about a minute long. Just Because, yeah, I'm a bad father. I, he plays a lot of iPad. and But that's I don't only think partially only... true. I make up for it in other ways. But he uh, loves... This one game he just discovered, and the thing is, they get you because it's like the app is for free, mm-hmm. but then I'm just checking my emails one day, and there's 30 emails of like receipts for this app, and it's in-app purchases where they get you, and it's this dumb game where you got like monsters and stuff, and every monster, you got to buy it, and you need to buy like diamonds Food. and jewels, and uh, it costs 99 cents for a diamond. But, of course, my boy, he doesn't know. He's just like, I'm going to get the big sack of diamonds. It's a hundred bucks a throw. A hundred bucks! This game is designed for children. It's marketed to children. And then there's a hundred dollar thing in app. And there's 30... Okay, do the math. There's like 30 receipts on my computer. So it's like, it's over. It's well over a thousand. It's like three thousand. Mother-loving dollars. <laughs> can we can we pause this real quick? Yeah. Um, because is are we? I think we need to research this because most parents that I talk to that have this happen to them, they don't understand what their kids are buying at all. Mm-hmm. He has a good amount of detail of what his kid is buying. So was this Jack Black's kid or was this Jack Black himself? Is that is a question. very good question. Uh, <laughs> this might be erroneous. Or let's play devil's advocate for Mr. Jack Black. He mm-hmm. might have looked into it after the fact because he was telling the show, uh, telling the story on a show. Yeah, whatever. Still, I'm, it, I'm, it is my fright- theory's better. <laughs> I like yours; it's more controversial. Uh, regardless, what you said is even a bigger issue then, right? Like, if parents oh, yeah. don't know and they're giving, uh, I would know because we're of a generation, or I'm cognizant of it myself, and I've written about you know. Uh, mobile games, even though I don't really play them myself. So, like, I'm aware, I understand that, like, these games will have in-app purchases. But let's say you're 50 years old and your 10-year-old kid wants to play these games. You wouldn't know. Why would you know? You've never oh, played yeah. these games before. And it, it can easily happen to everyone, because my dad's 72. He watches a... How old is Pierce? He's... Oh, you said his name. Whatever. He watches a 8-year-old, 9-year-old. Uh-huh. Um, he's like a father figure to the kid, and he will just give him his cell phone for hours and Pierce could easily go, I keep seeing his name, whatever. He could easily could keep going in and could just purchase whatever he wants. And my dad would have literally no idea what he's doing. Um, and I'm pretty sure this has happened before, but they won't tell me about it because they keep everything that boy does a secret from me. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's easy. It's really easy. And if you don't understand that you're basically giving these kids your credit card number, and these kids and these kids don't understand that they're using real life money to buy crystals and things like that. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it's scary, man. Because exactly what Jack Black said, it's marketed to children. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it, it is. It is. And I'm one of those people that's like, watch your goddamn kids. Don't blame people, other people for issue issues that your kids have. You know, like I'm one of those people, like the people that blame violence on video games um it's affecting our children it's like no just monitor what your kids are playing and then you won't have that issue yeah if you're a good parent you won't have that problem right right 
Um, so my thing is like, well, if you're a good parent, you'd probably be monitoring what your kid is doing and you probably should stop blaming these companies for marketing these things to kids. But it's, I have to defend, um, the parents on this for the first time ever because it's so easy. It's a click away, right? right. And there's no signature and, and it's always on the main page right at the bottom. And it's a big flashing sign. that's like, purchase me, purchase me, purchase me. What also me. pops up like in between the game. It's like. As you're playing, it'll pop up with a thing be like, don't after you want more you of this? Lose. Like, after you lose a match, it's like, oh, this would be easier if you purchase this. Right. So, like, a kid, a 8-year-old kid who can't really process, you know, the intensity of, like, winning and losing, mm-hmm. and a kid who keeps losing over and over and over again, they're going to just, like, say, oh, this is going to make it easier. I can get past that. I like that feeling of winning. I'm going to buy whatever I need to get to feel that that sensation of winning. You know, kids are still learning about all that. So, of course, it's, they're going to be more susceptible to it. And it's I, – I get it. I really do get it. Maybe I think we need to do more to attack these companies. That like maybe you need to hide this around something. It's, it can't be on the front page or it can't be just flashed in front of you every five minutes. Or at the very least, it shouldn't be a $100 purchase, you know, like – uh, my child makes a $0.99 cent purchase, like, that's one thing. Buying $100 worth of a fake currency in a video game, that's that's madness. Or make, make the process harder. Sure. Just, like, should be make con- it, like, right. I have to go physically onto the internet and put in my credit card in order to make a $100 purchase in a, it's almost cuss, an app, app. Right. It's an app. Like, these these regulations should already be put up there, but again... They're hoping for your kid to mess up and make that $100 purchase. And that's the thing that – that's the big takeaway, right? It's like anyone who doesn't think that like their goal is to make your finger slip or to get it into you as fast as possible is being naive. That is their goal because the only people who would get upset about having to log on to like a computer to make the process not streamlined in order to do these purchases are adults who are playing a mobile game to begin with like and are spending money on a mobile game. Like, at that point, like, you have the time to go and log on to your computer. And I don't really care if you're, like, annoyed that it takes that long for you to do it. It shouldn't be something where you can spend $100 with one click of a button in a game that is literally marketed towards children. Towards children, yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. just madness. And it's essentially, like, the same thing as porn, right? You just click a button. So, I mean, you have to mask it around something. That was a weird analogy, but that was something that, that's the only analogy that I could think of. Yeah, no, it's, it's very just, telling it's, about you and... General. I know, I know. What was I doing as a 12-year-old boy? So, like, um, <laughs> it's easy to ex- ex- access, and I, it just, I don't, I, I feel bad for Jack Black and these parents. Poor Jack Black. That like, really- A, monitor your kids better so they're not making these purchases, and B, companies need to do better to hide these behind some type of, I don't know, walls or something. I don't know right. the terminology. The takeaway should be twofold. A, is that, like, we should put a little bit more pressure or on these people. A lot of people are. They've been calling for it to be called gambling more than just right. actual, right. which is a weird thing. It's not quite gambling, but I get that analogy, and I get that that puts it in a different stratosphere. But then B, if you're going to give a, your iPad to, I'm not a parent, maybe I shouldn't say this, but if I was a parent, this is what I would be doing. If I'm going to give my kid a device with an app on it, I'm going to use the app first before I give it to my child. To Absolutely. Make sure it's right. good for them to use. You know, take, take the extra 10 minutes before you just, like, try to placate your kid to make sure you know what they're doing yeah absolutely and this is coming from two people that don't have kids so 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 you know our opinion matters you know we know what we're talking about (laughs) okay so in case you didn't see rampage is now going to be a movie starring dwayne the rock is he still the rock do we still call him the rock the rock johnson yeah he hasn't like moved on the rest from that and if you stop calling the rock you get punched in the face do you get the people's elbow yeah Anyway, The Rock, who has made such cinematic gems as the Fast and the Furious franchise and Baywatch, uh, has returned with Rampage, the upcoming movie based on one of my favorite games of all time and one of arcade gaming's classic stalwarts, Rampage. Here's a little clip. George was seven feet and weighed 500 pounds. George, you okay, buddy? George is not okay. It's okay. This morning, he's nine feet pushing a thousand. Yeah, well, George had a rough night. Uh, George is going to be a giant monkey who is going to rampage across the city. Uh, they also showed off the wolf character, who in the games is more like a werewolf man, but in this one, he's not a biped. Uh, and then, obviously, the uh, giant lizard woman. 
Uh, all of them, it's a little bit different than what the game is, right? The game is you're scientists and you have a... Something goes wrong and you turn into monsters, sort of like the Hulk, and then you turn back into people after like you stop rampaging. In this one, they're just people. So they changed a little bit of it, but still, it looks like a really stupid, dumb box office movie, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Yeah, except I don't like that. I, Rampage was awesome because it was like three people, right, that were like, something had happened to them. And this might be the twist at the end. We might be spoiling it, but something had happened to them where they turned into these beings. Which is why it was called Rampage, by the way, because there right. people who were doing this. Yeah, because I think it's like something in something would trigger in them, and then they would turn into these monsters, and then they have to go to these top of these skyscrapers and basically destroy yeah. everything. They eat people. It was just like the game was amazing. Yeah, you, you played Rampage. People. Like, go play Rampage. The game is amazing. It's like a game I grew up with. Um, I think I had it on. Did they release it on... What did I have it on? They've released it multiple NES. times. I think I had it on NES. Yes. Nintendo. I think that was the only system. And then, of course, the arcade game. But I think that was the only system they had it uh, released It was released for, on N64 in, like, a package. And it was also released on the Sega Master System. I might have had it for 64, too. I played it on I 64. I might have had it for 64, too. Yeah. Because um, I think that was... Yeah, I did have it. Because you could hook up to three controllers and all your friends could play. Yeah. I want to, I'm glad to see it happen, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just, it's interesting to see if we'll see other, like, arcade games with no plot whatsoever be turned into movies. Here's my so thing, like, I think that's the perfect game to turn into a movie, because you have a blank canvas, all you're working on is the aesthetic. I think it's easier to do that than it is to take a really good game, like a Bioshock or a um, uh, any of the Final Fantasy games, something with a real story to it. You can't just translate that to film. This, right. you can do whatever you want. Because like, it's just about monsters destroying a city. Yeah, and it's similar to what they did with... They, they botched it, but it's similar to what they did with Mortal Kombat. Yes. They, like, basically they take a botched it? I love that movie. I mean, I loved it growing up, but if you go back and watch it, you're like, they, they could have done a lot more with these characters. Sure. And but even that when, song, you see, when you see like the newer Mortal Kombat X and like that gameplay... Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, sorry, not the gameplay, but that story behind it. Like They could have done a lot more. I'd be interested to see them modern Mortal Kombat movie. But yeah, it's it's I'm excited. I like these big blockbuster crap movies. Yeah. Uh, um especially specifically when they come out on HBO so I can watch them during the summer. So it's, spending all your money on video games, you can't buy a movie ticket. I can't I can't go see movies, no. <laughs> but it'd be interesting to see like maybe a Paperboy movie. That would be incredible. Oh my god, I can't believe nobody's it, ever thought of that. You can have like a crazy like just crazy town where this kid's delivering papers and he's slowly starting to uncover a mystery which you could essentially just build that around the paperboy arcade game there's, there's, some, there's some games out there that you could really turn into franchises the arrogance of hollywood writers to take something that is a perfect story in and of itself and be like yeah but we could do it better and make money with it is asinine to me and it's not just that they do this with video games that have great stories which they do and then butcher them because these people can't write but they also they take classic literature they took the yeah. Iliad by Homer, which we've read for 4,000 years, and they're like, you know what, I think that ending, it could use a little tweak. Like, who are you? Who are you yeah. to think that? No, ab- absolutely. And I'm not going to go classic literature route. I'll, j- I'll go a simple route. I'll go anime. Look at an- all these anime movies that they're making. Perfect. And these animes that are highly regarded, like Ghost in the Shell, Death Note, Death all Note, these yeah. highly regarded animes that are being made into movies, and they all are garbage. Dragon Ball Z, Avatar. All are garbage. Just, you have source material, it's perfect, why do you need to adapt it in order to make it better? Right. It's just, and you're not accomplishing it. And we've seen it done time and time again, and it's just not done well. I think so you need to take a step back and, like, just take something with a blank slate and do with what with you whatever you want with it. Yeah, which is why, in a weird way, and again, like, none of this is saying that these are phenomenal films. I'm just saying that, like, Rampage is different to me than, like, an Assassin's Creed because it is just a blank slate. There is no story in Rampage. It's about a whole bunch of monsters who punch a city and eat people. That's it. That's the entire That's the entire game. So, like, you can do anything with that. There's so much you can do. And why not throw the rock in there? Because he already looks like somebody who could beat up an 80-foot ape. If you had to pick one human being to fight an 80-foot ape, you would either pick the Big Show, who's probably too old, J.J. Watt, or the rock. Terry Crews. Dame Judi Dench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Uma Thurman, Kill Bill Days. Oh yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, back when she was doing like those action films, Uma Thurman could take out anyone. Charlize Theron, 
She's a pretty good action star. She yeah. could probably take out. And that's about it, though. Yeah. I would, I would Chris Hemsworth. Well, as Thor. He was just handsome them to death. Uh, you, as soon as he cuts the hair off, the, the monster would be like, <laughs> Oh, look at him. Now I'm all hot and bothered thinking about Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. I agree with you. Um, they did it with Tron, too. Trying to make Tron an overly dramatic movie. Yeah, like, why? So, I don't know. Are they making a Tetris movie? They are. It's not, it's not just a Tetris movie. There's supposed to be three Tetris movies. It's a trilogy of Tetris. Which, by the way, is not going to happen. Like, I do not foresee any world where a Tetris movie is successful. How do you make a movie out of Tetris to begin with? And then second off, you, you have the audacity to pitch it as a trilogy to tap that deep, deep story well that is Tetris. Um... What a, I don't even know what a Tetris movie would be about. What could it possibly be? Is it going to be like a war game scenario uh, where like they have to stack different cubes in order to save the world from nuclear winters? Yeah, it's essentially would it just be the Ender's game, right? Right, yeah. Like, sitting around. I, I'm guessing that's the route they go with, except they'll just loop that Tetris track. Do, 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 <laughs> I would do it in a second. How does the Tetris? How does Tetris get a movie before like Galaga? Like, Galaga, Galaga makes more would be sense a great to get one a movie. too. Yeah, or Space Invaders. Space make us Galaga Space Invaders. Guy Frogger, make a like anamorphic movie about a dude trying to get to work every day and he just can't get to work because <laughs> he's living in a world that's being destroyed by human consumption. There's a lot of options. Oh my God! Do you? Um, Hollywood, call me. I've yeah. got a Frogger movie for you right now. You gotta move down here, man. You'd be a millionaire already. Dude, my Frogger movie is like, so, it's gonna be so liberal too. Oh my god, let's go. <laughs> Lots let's of go. Socialist undertones in this Frogger movie. Yeah, it's like the capitalist onslaught of every day. I have to wake up and go back to work. Ribbit. Almost dying every time I get. Yeah, dude. It, oh man. It writes oh, man. itself. It's the. I'll be the animal farm of Frogger movies. Let's go. <laughs> No. A lot of literature references today. I like it. Yeah, I read. Oh man. Anyway, I mean the the thing is, I really think that the the dumber a game you're picking, the more freedom you actually have as a storyteller to tell it as a movie. And I think that's the route that these people should go. Yeah. So we'll see. Rampage could be the biggest piece of crap ever made by anybody, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic for it to be just a really big stupid summer movie like the original Transformers was. To work it back into video games, one of the things that's so great about video games is, maybe because they're interactive or maybe just the storytelling so good, I mean, like, these things can continue for so long. There's nothing in pop culture, maybe with the exception of, like, a Star Wars or, like, Lord of the Rings, but even Lord of the Rings, you know, the novel went unadapted for such a long time, unless you count those horrifying nightmare fuel 80s animated movies. Um... Uh, video games, the IP lasts forever and ever and ever. I mean, Mario just sold a gajillion units because it's still Mario. Yeah, but it's a blank slate. I think that's what there's, it is. Yeah, it goes back there's to like... no... Right, but look at Mass Effect. Mass Effect had a um, world built around it and a plot built around it, and it ma essentially made two good games. Right. Three, one polarizing game that I thought was okay, that I thought was really good, and then, like, the fourth is just garbage. So... I think, when you, like you said, if you have a blank slate, it gives you more opportunity to have these games, IPs, last forever. Right. Whereas if you have a Last of Us, you can probably just do two Last of Us. You probably can't do more than one. You can only do three Uncharted. You probably can't do another Uncharted. Right. Um, it's, it's too story-heavy is what I'm saying. Yeah. The freedom of video games is that they're interactive and that at the end of the day, and this seems to be getting lost more and more, I don't know why, video games are supposed to be fun and inventive. We keep seeing the same thing over and over and over again. And this isn't true completely, because there's tons of wonderful indie games, and even some of the bigger games are doing different stuff. But a lot of them are almost carbon copies set in a different world over and over mm -hmm. and over again. Well, look at Call of Duties. Call of Duties is essentially um, releasing the same game every year. I heard Call, um, this one's a little different. Look, so I have it, right? And I've played like an hour of it. And while it's good and fine, there's just nothing about it that... I don't get excited to play Call of Duty, you know? I'm not, like, looking forward to, like, oh, I've got to put in some Call of Duty time. Because I've already played it eight, eight right. times. Right. That's why, I'm, like, my roommate and my friends I play games with are trying to get me to buy it. I'm like, I'm not spending money on this game. 
Like, I'm not going to buy another. Because every year that I buy a Call of Duty, I'm like, why did I buy this game? Right. And it's the same thing. Exactly. And frankly, you know, like, don't buy it. I, I hate to even say that because, you know, we've had them on the show and I... I like them, and the game itself isn't bad at all. It's a beautiful game. It sounds great. It feels great. But it's like, why? Why are you buying it? It's like mad at like, Buy it every like. Yeah, buy, buy the other one. Iterations that are interesting. Like, I don't even know. Sure. I can't even. These multiplayer games like that release every year are just like. I, and I, I'm saying this as I'm putting hours into Battlefront Two, which is essentially the same thing as Battlefront One, just like with just bigger. So I really can't I have no room to talk. But yeah, you're right. We are getting these iterations, especially these AAA games that are getting released over and over and over again that are the same thing. And I, I think 2017 has been a good year where I think we started to see the break of that mold. Yes. Because like Assassin's Creed has been extremely different than any other Assassin's Creed I played in my past. Right. Call of Duty, I guess, is different, but I watched my roommates play it last night, and it's still fast. It, it's, it's still, still Call like, of Duty, man. I mean, it's still Call of Duty. It's just with different guns. Right. So. That, that series needs a complete revamp. Well, but, I mean, so... It depends what you call a triple-A title, I guess. I would consider Horizon Zero Dawn a triple-A title. Maybe because of how much yeah. it's sold. Well, it is a triple-A title. Um, it is, right? It, it's, it's different, yeah. It broke the mold and did something completely different. Obviously, Nintendo is Nintendo, and they're the guiding light of all of this, because they can take 40-year-old IPs and then still do something so different and so new that it blows people's minds. Right, right, right. And Nintendo, but even like, I love Mario. It was essentially just Mario sixty four. Sure, yeah, that's what I've heard. I haven't played with, it, so I can't really. With like about. some awesome surprises in it, and mind you, it's a lot of people are going to give it game of the year. It's not my game of the year. No, really, it's a great, great game, but it, it's it's just Mario sixty four. You gotta go so, Zelda game of the year, right? Zelda is game of the year. There, there's not a debate it's there, Zelda, right? Zelda or Horizon, dude. Like, I, and I think people are sleeping on Horizon. Like, Horizon, if you're going to compare Horizon and Zelda, Zelda did something with open-world games that's never been done before, where they just put you in the world with no guidance whatsoever, and you just have to make that game what it is. Right. Horizon was, that, that world is just phenomenal, and there's so much to do in that world, and that's the only thing I'd give it over Zelda, mm -hmm. with that there is so much more to do in that world of Horizon. And let's um, get this, oh, sorry, I don't know. Whereas Zelda was just like exploring, seeing what you, what kind of recipes you can cook up, resource ex, resource extravagant, like finding like those um, places where you could take pictures and things like that. So right, uh, but still, Zelda was phenomenal. Yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna argue that Zelda isn't a mind-blowingly great game. What's amazing about something like Horizon Zero Dawn is that it's just it's a brand new IP. It came out of nowhere. It just came out of somebody's head this year. Uh, Zelda, they're both impressive for completely different reasons. It's really impressive to see a new game, like, really be in the Game of the Year conversation, like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. And then it's also impressive to see a game series that's been around for over 30 years still be able to be on the top like that with yeah. Zelda. So both yeah. are both should be applauded, and they should be applauded for the opposite reasons, but they're both amazing. And I'm not, not going to sit here and say, like, um, Mario was the same, that like, didn't innovate or do anything it's like it's a very innovative game it's a very different game i'm still playing it even though i beat i beat it quote quote quotes um okay. i'm still collecting power moons um and it's a delightful game i had the most fun i had a delightful. smile on my face the entire time i played mario so for that you could give a game of the year because it just made me feel so good mm -hmm. um but I, if people are sleeping on horizon people are sleeping on near automata People are sleeping on Persona 5 just because Nintendo came back. And I'm going to say it, the reason why people are being so in Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo is because Nintendo's been so shit for so long. Right. So long. So it's, it's, it makes you excited to see Nintendo back on their back on their stuff again. And I think so. that's the thing that everyone should take away from this is that like you might think Nintendo's down, but it, Nintendo is Nintendo. You know, they they wrote the book on all of this. They're the reason this exists. So like don't think that this is like they're not some company that's just going to fade away. They're Nintendo. They are the top of the mountain. They have been for 35 years. And we should be expecting more from them. We should. I think we should hold them accountable. Like, like like a lot of people think I'm down on Nintendo. My negativity with Nintendo is that they shouldn't Sony and Microsoft shouldn't even be close to them right now. Nintendo... Like you said, they started this game. Right? They're the New York Yankees, you know? 
I'm down. So the Yankees almost made it to the World Series, and I'm like a little bit disappointed because the Yankees are supposed to win the World Series every single year. They're the Yankees. That's what Nintendo is. You hold them to a higher standard. Yeah, Nintendo's Disney. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they are. Nintendo's the United States. Like, Nintendo is, <laughs> like, the... LeBron James, the... Yeah. The, you know, Nintendo is the tall white kid in your school, your high school that had blue eyes and blonde hair that was a quarterback of the football team that was dating the main cheerleader. Maybe if he went back to school in the 80s. But this is <laughs> that is Nintendo. Nintendo's top dog. No one said shit. Nintendo was a white guy who can dunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you could do that, the entire world is whatever you want to make and it. And impressively dunk. Not just grace the no, rim. No, he can slam it down. He can slam it down to the point where a black guy will see him and be like, damn, the white boy got hops. <laughs> like, that's the type. It is sad uh, how much that is my Nintendo actual way. dream in life. Uh, I hate to wrap this up because this has been a really interesting conversation, but we're running short on time. Uh, what have you been playing, Eddie? Everything. What have I not been playing? It's a better question. <laughs> that is a better um, question. I beat Wolfenstein, I beat South Park, I beat, I quote-unquote beat Super Mario Odyssey. Um, so, like, I cleared up some of those games. I'm going back to games that I couldn't beat. Um, so I've been playing Nier again. Persona I need to get back into because that's still, to be honest with you, I love Zelda, but Persona's probably still my game of the year. Um, it, it's fine. You know what? You can personally like a game more than any other game. It doesn't... Yeah, so... Commercially, Zelda is probably the best game of the year, but personally, Persona just did something for me that it, it like filled everything that I needed to get filled, right? Um, so yeah, I'm really playing Prince of Persia right now. I love Prince of Persia. I love Bayek. I love that story. I'm like, mm, I love You call it Prince of Persia. Do you mean Assassin's Creed Origin? I keep, yeah, I keep calling it Prince of Persia. It's like, <laughs> I was like, when was the last Prince of Persia game? I keep calling it Prince of Persia. That's I can't hilarious. stop. Thank you. Thank you for calling. I didn't even realize I called it Prince of Persia. <laughs> they're, they're it's just similar, been, yeah. it's like part of me now because I, I feel like I'm playing a Prince of Persia. Yeah, but hilarious. yeah, it's it's a great game. I don't even know if that's racist of me calling it Prince of Persia, but whatever. Um, it's a great game, so I'm getting through that, and I'm really just playing this Battlefront, dude. Just on that Battlefront grind, dude. I'm playing. I'm trying to get my Lando up. So <laughs> trying to get my Lando up to a ten, level ten. I love me some Lando. Yeah, dude, Don Glover. Oh god, the voice of Lando in the game is so awesome. Really? Just, like little quips he has. Like, I should have had a bounty on my head by now. I'm just like, oh Lando, you're so cool. Oh Lando, so cool, Lando. Lando. Never thought I'd be back in the trenches again. I'm like, oh my god, Lando. You should uh, voice him in the next one. I should. I love Lando. Move over, love... song lover. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. Games are good. Games are great. Wolfenstein was fantastic. Play it. Play it. Play it. If you want to kill Nazis, play it, play it, play it. Check it out. Check uh, out our interview with the stars of it a couple weeks ago. Oh, absolutely. It was a great, great interview. But, man, that game is just like the voice acting, the cutscenes. That game was so fun. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. And it had some of the best moments of the, of the year in a video game, especially that middle portion. So just play it. Play it, play it, play it. Um, South Park was okay. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. It was okay. Yeah. Um, if I you think like the South Park was a little bit better. If you like South Park, get it. Because it's, I love South Park, so I I loved it. I love the ending. A lot of people probably be end, uh, mad about the ending, but if you don't like South Park, don't buy it. It, it is strictly South Park humor. Um, they bring they bring back Mitch Connor. If you don't know who Mitch Connor is, don't buy South Park. So, <laughs> but other than that, yeah. And Super Mario, buy it, Super Mario, buy a Switch. Like buy two Switches, give it to your friends so they can play Super Mario. That's how good that game is. Bam! There you go. That's your yeah. homework. What are you time. playing? Uh, so I took a break from new games because it was overwhelming to me, and I started playing Final Fantasy IX because I live in a circle where I just play the same games over and over. Going back to that, yeah. I know, man. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's they just make me feel good. (laughs) Okay, all right, whatever. You do what you got to do. I will. Thank you. Do what you got to do. But I've also been playing Call of Duty. I, uh, I'm literally as we speak, I'm downloading uh, Battlefront Two so I can play it. I'm bad. I, I I got it like two weeks ago and I haven't played it yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, good for you. You got to let me know how that, that is, because I refuse to buy Call of Duty. Right. So I'll give you an update yeah. next week. Yeah, I want to hear it. All right, well, as always, thank you, everybody, for listening. Please uh, subscribe, share. Uh, we really love that you guys listen. It's been fun. We've been doing this for almost half a year now, so it's it's been good. Yeah, we took, like, a month off. Is that a month between? Something like that. To be fair, yeah. this has been the craziest 
Google my name and just look at the stories that have come. Yeah, I feel bad for you. It's all right. I feel well. I feel bad for you, but I feel really bad for the woman that had to go through all this. Yeah, that's what I mean. It makes you feel selfish, you know. Like I'm complaining because I have to work extra hours. These people have their lives lit on fire. Like it's some of these allegations. I don't want to get too into this, but the allegations are so gross and so awful, and you just feel bad for everyone involved. Not everyone involved. Everyone who was preyed upon you feel bad for i was just saying it's affecting the game industry we see it with ign ign's in it now too so no one's it's immune scary. you know this is a thing it doesn't it doesn't have party this is so stupid to say i can't even believe that people would think this clearly it doesn't have party lines clearly it doesn't have lines across any like creed nationality race this is just a human being issue and the fact that that even has to be said is disgusting to me that anyone well, it's, it's, a, it's a male issue really sure. um it's not even a human being issue it's a it's a male issue, and we have to do better as men. And I don't, I'm not going to get on my soapbox about this because, yeah, but um, you're absolutely right. It's not a party line issue. It's not a race issue. But we as Americans, we will make it about that. <laughs> Go on Twitter. You'll see it a lot. Yep. Anyway. Well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. anyway, the Punisher is fantastic, by the way. Check that out. Boom. All right. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. We love I'm- you. Love 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 you.